Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Good morning, 9.30. How many of you excited? Last one in the high school. Come on now. I mean, I miss our comfy chairs at our church. I'm just being honest, y'all. Come on. Well, hey, I'm excited uh, for what God is doing. I just want to re- reiterate one announcement. How many know what it's like to move into a new house? Anybody? Anybody know the feeling of moving into the house, unpacking the boxes, dusting things? That's what we need to do Thursday and Friday. All right? I want you to know that the church is not the pastor's home. It's your home. It's our home together. And so we need to get our home ready for what I believe are going to be a couple thousand people who are going to show up on Easter Sunday. And so if you can make it three to seven, please be there. You can sign up on our website. The only reason why we want you to sign up is so we can remind you Wednesday to come Thursday because how many know you forget? And so uh, if you don't want to sign up, cool, just show up Thursday and Friday. We're going to be there all day setting up, and we can't wait to have you. And I am just so excited what God is doing. It's going to be great. I believe he's getting us ready for this new season. Um, And I'm just so grateful for our team, the project managers, our construction company, everyone who's been a part of this project. I believe that it really is a God thing to get us ready for what God's going to do in this next season. Sound good? Cool. Hey, do me a favor. Stand on your feet. Let's jump right into the word today. And I'm excited. We're starting a new series today. We're going to kind of launch it before we get into the new building. We're going to do this series uh, for a a few weeks. It's going to be a little while. I I don't know if you know this by now. I like long series. Um, I'm just going to be honest because we live in California, so a lot of us uh, sometimes miss church every week. And so I want to make sure everyone gets a good amount of the series, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm just making, it's like when you think you're going to miss the test on Friday and then you have to take it on Monday. Anybody remember that when you went to school? So I want to make sure everyone is involved and engaged. So we're starting a series called Holy Ghost. Everybody say Holy Ghost. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit for the next couple weeks, few weeks. We're going to do a series that I believe is going to be really transformative for our church. I believe it's going to launch us into this new building. I believe it's going to launch us into this next season. Uh, We're going to spend the next couple months, actually, just talking about the Holy Spirit. And I believe in this day and age where there is so much misinformation and misunderstanding on the Holy Spirit, we have to, as a church, begin to go into really the reality of who the Holy Spirit is and really begin to be a church because we are a church that is about the Holy Spirit. That is alive by the Holy Spirit. And so today, I kind of want to give an introduction to this series. And we're going to roll into it next week and the next few weeks and the next couple months. And so turn to your Bibles to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And now we're just going to give uh, just a brief little passage. John chapter 20, verses 19 to 22. 19 to 22. Give you a second to go there. Um, it's a little bit different. We've been on the same passage for eight weeks. Now you've got to find somewhere else in your Bible. So John chapter 20, verses 19 to 22. And it says this. It says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors, began, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Verse 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. 
Verse 22, last verse. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for our church. Thank you for this series. Man, I can't wait. This is going to be so good. God, help me to get out of the way. Help me to communicate what you want to say to your people in your house today. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Have a seat. Have a seat. Today, I want to give just the, the goal of today, the goal of today's conversation is I want, to, I want to give you an introduction to what we're going to talk about. I want to give you an introduction to what we call the Holy Spirit. I want to give you an introduction to the Holy Ghost. And I believe that this is going to be a really profound series because we're going to do a deep, deep, deep study into the different characters and facets and attributes of who the Holy Spirit actually is. Uh, some of you grew up in Holy Ghost churches, right? Some of you grew up learning about the Holy Spirit, which I think is awesome. Some of you have never really learned or talked about the Holy Spirit, and that's okay as well. And why I think it's so important, though, is because I believe that where God is heading us to, I've always tell this to people, that our church, the way I describe it, is we're a modern Holy Ghost church, right? We're a church that's reaching the city. We love people. We're excellent in what we do. But we believe in the power and the presence of God, that the word transforms lives. This is kind of our DNA of our house. And I believe that us getting on the same page and understanding who the Holy Spirit is will begin to make room for Holy Spirit to begin to move in our church today. Also, what I have realized is it's not really popular to talk about the Holy Spirit today anymore. Um, I think a lot of churches have shied away from it, and I don't know why, because of all reality, the Holy Spirit is one of, if not the most powerful part of Scripture that we could begin to understand and comprehend. And the reason why it's one of the most powerful and important parts of theology and, and Scripture and teaching that we can understand and comprehend is because, family, we live in the day and age of the Spirit. We live in the day and age of the Holy Ghost. We live in the day and age where the Holy Spirit is actually the one that's moving and, and being the one that is making everything come to life and actually is the one that is making things happen that, that, that before there was a dispensation or a covenant with the Father, there was an age of the Son. And, and, and you got to know this as we live in the age of the Spirit. Yet for some reason, I think we're nervous to talk about it. And it's kind of, it kind of feels mysterious and it kind of feels misunderstood. So today I want to just kind of give an introduction to this. Uh, because I think it's so necessary if we're going to be a Holy Spirit-led church, a Holy Ghost-led church. And I want you to know that when I say Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost, they're the same person. I'm not talking about two different people, okay? I want to make sure that we understand with depth and understanding. John 9, 20 verses 19 to 22 says this. Jesus shows up on the scene. The disciples are scared because Jesus just died. Now, I want you to understand this. These men walked with Jesus for three years. They walked with him, and they walked with him, and they walked with him. And the next thing you know, the Bible says that Jesus dies, and he passes away. And they're nervous, and they're frightened. They're thinking, if they kill Jesus, they're going to kill us too. And What's interesting enough in this passage is out of nowhere, they're, they're gathered together, they're hiding. I don't know if you've ever been in a season where you feel like you're hiding, where you're secluding yourself, where you're lonely, where you're isolated, where you feel like no one's around, and you feel like everything is breaking out out there, and you're just trying to stay away from it, and, and you're trying to just survive. And next thing you know, the Bible says that Jesus just shows up in the room. Like he doesn't knock on the door. I don't know if you read that. 
The Bible says that they're in the room, and next thing you know, bam, there's Jesus. Some theologians believe that he walked through the walls. Some theologians believe that he just suddenly showed up in the room. Whatever you think is best and whatever works for your brain works for me. But he's in the room, and he says these two things. He says, peace be with you. He says, I'm going to send you. He says three things. Peace be with you. He says it twice. I'm going to send you. And then he says this, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, now I want you to understand this. Jesus in this moment could have told his disciples anything, right? I, I just think of, man, if I was in a season where I was discouraged and frustrated and irritated and scared and alone and frightened, I, I, I would want Jesus to maybe tell me, man, he loves me, man, he cares for me, um, it's going to be okay, right? These are the type of words we would want. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus says, peace be with you, meaning it's going to be all right. One, I'm going to send you. Now, if that was me, if I was in that room, I'd, I'd be tripping. You're going to send me? You're going to send me to the same people that killed you? Absolutely. I'm going to send you and receive the Holy Spirit. And so before even the upper room happens, there's this thing that takes place where Jesus breathes on the disciples. The Holy Spirit is released. And it empowers them to do what God has called them to do on the earth. This is why this is so important. This is why we're going to spend months on this. Because I have felt strongly about this and since really I was a young man. That we have lacked power in our churches today because we have neglected the Holy Ghost. We have, we have, we have lacked power to live a life that would show the world who Jesus is because we have neglected the Holy Ghost. We have lived a certain way for so long and have gotten so comfortable. And I believe God would do the same thing that he's doing in this room, in that passage today, right? I believe there's a moment right now that in that passage he did this very similar where he would show up to us in a season of chaos and uncomfortability and, and just things that are happening in our life. I think everyone can relate to that of isolation and feeling lost and, and not knowing what's going on. And Jesus would step on the scene. He would come into your life and he would ask you a question, would you receive the Holy Spirit? Also notice this, that the Holy Spirit is not something to be tolerated, it's something to be received. And I think for far too long, Christians have tolerated the Holy Spirit rather than welcome Him. And then we wonder why we can't move forward and then we wonder why we are stuck. Let me just give you a couple quotes that I think kind of give us an introduction to kind of what the Holy Spirit is. And, 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 and I believe the, the, the crisis and the problem of a lack of true understanding of who the Holy Ghost is. Um, I love this quote by Francis Chan. He says, the Holy Spirit is tragically neglected and for all practical purposes forgotten in the church today. Right? Everybody knows the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All you Catholics were like, I knew that one. Right, come on. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I think we talk a lot about the Father. I get it, rightfully so. He's the Father. I think we talk a lot about the Son. But we do not talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. We know a lot about Jesus. And we know a lot about God. But we don't know a lot about the Holy Spirit. We don't know a lot about the Father, but we don't know a lot about the Holy Spirit. Francis Tran describes the Holy Spirit in his book, Forgotten God, as the third person of the Trinity who for some reason the church has forgotten. I love what R.T. Kendall says. R.T. Kendall says that for some reason in the Church of America, we believe that it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible instead of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm a Bible guy. 
I believe in the word. I believe it's the most powerful word in humanity. I believe it is all truth. However, we don't worship the Bible. We worship the God of the Bible. We don't worship scripture. And we have replaced who the Holy Spirit is in our context, in our day and age, for comfortable level Christianity. And can I tell you that it's not going to work. Why is it not going to work? Because it hasn't worked. And when you live a life where you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to be in your life and constantly move in your life, you begin to be missing out of the fullness of God that God wants to do in your life. And for something so important, we, we, we don't talk about it. I love what Samuel Chadwick says. He's an author of an amazing book called um, Pentecost. And he says this. He says, he who does not know God, the Holy Ghost, cannot know God at all. I want to say that one more time. He who does not know God, the Holy Ghost, does not know God at all. And although that rather might sound harsh, I believe that's absolutely true. That if, for example, and, and I think that's a true in the entirety of the Trinity. If you don't know the Father, but you know the Son and the Spirit, you're missing out on something important. If you only know the Father and the Spirit, but you don't know the Son, you don't really understand the gospel. And rightfully so, if you only know the Father, and you only know about Jesus, but you don't really know the Holy Spirit, then I believe that you really are lacking in understanding of who God is. Family, I believe that this series is not to challenge us to make us feel bad. No, on the contrary, I believe that God is calling us deeper into real relationship with him so that way we can truly understand who God is. Because in this day and age, that's what our people are looking for. That's what your family is looking for. That's what that prodigal you're praying for is looking for. That's what your coworker is looking for. That's what that cousin is looking for. That's what your kids are looking for when it comes to the level of spirituality. Family, they just want the real thing. They just want the real thing. And can I tell you that there doesn't get any more realer than the Holy Ghost. Because it is, is the Holy Spirit who is active and live and real today. It is the Holy Spirit who is the presence of God. Who comes down from heaven. Who meets with us. Who dwells in us. Who lives with us. And we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about who he is. We're going to talk about his attributes. We're going to talk about his character. We're going to talk about his personality. Why? Because if we do not know him, then family, we do not know him. Everybody has a friend who you think you know. Until they do something wild. And you're like, I thought I knew you. God forbid I make it to heaven and I don't know who the Holy Ghost is. God forbid I would be a pastor who would lead people to heaven. And they don't know who the Holy Ghost is because I neglected to teach about it. Samuel Chadwick goes on to say this in his book and I think it's brilliant. He says, there's ten Ten statements in the, in the Apostles' Creed, the, the foundational statements of the church that existed. There's ten. Nine of them are about the Father and the Son. One of them is about the Holy Spirit. It is the most neglected, one of the most neglected teachings in the history of the church. Therefore, I believe that God is calling us to respond in a different manner so that we can truly understand who the Holy Ghost is. We're going to go deep because I believe I just want to know God in a greater way. I want to know, know everything about him. And so... We're going to go into it. And so I think today what would kind of help us is, and, and I kind of learned this. When, when I, there was a season in my life, man, where um, I was working at a gas station. I think some of you heard this story. It was the worst season ever. Anybody can remember, like, the worst seasons ever of your life? That was one of mine. When I worked nights at a gas station, it was awful. Worked 12 to 9, not 12 p.m. to 9 a.m. 12 a.m., 12 no, 12 p.m. to 9 p.m., no. I worked 12 a.m. to 9 a.m. There you go, that's really tricky. You can tell I'm tired just from that season thinking about it. 
You ever think about a season in your life and you're like, man, that wore me out. Stressed me out. Hated that season. So, so I was a cashier. I was more so the cleaning guy. And so, but I was a cashier at a gas station. And one of the things that they had me do when I was learning how to be a cashier, and I don't know if you've ever had cashier training before. Some of you have, some of you haven't. But that's how they did it with us at Safeway Gas Station right on Tracy. I still pass by it, and I cringe. I'm just going to be honest. I thank God that he delivered me from Egypt. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what they would do is they uh, were showing me how to tell counterfeit money from real money. And what they actually did is they had examples of counterfeit bills and what they felt like and what they, what they, what they kind of looked like. And, and they, they had me go through that for like about a whole day or about a half a day where I just learned the difference between the real and counterfeit. And they were giving me counterfeit bills to practice. So what I want to do is kind of explain what I think is the best way to understand who the Holy Spirit is as an introduction. I want to kind of give you examples of what the Holy Ghost is not. Does that make sense? That should launch us into what I, and then for the next couple months, we're going to talk about who he is. But today, I want to talk about who he's not. Okay, here we go. So I got five points that I think will help us to get us on the same page so we can understand. Number one, the Holy Ghost is not a force. Okay, you can write this down. I got five of them. Number one, what the Holy Ghost is not, the Holy Ghost is not a force. It's not Star Wars. I know y'all were thinking it. Some of you. All the guys, I'm just going to be honest. Like, let's just, all the fellas. It's not, he's not a, it's not a force. It's not just this thing that happens in the universe. It's, it's not a power. Now, the Holy Spirit is forceful, and the Holy Ghost is powerful, but that's not all that the Holy Ghost is. I want you to understand that the Holy Ghost is God, okay? We worship the Father. We worship the Son. And yes, we worship the Holy Spirit. Right now in this room, what we were doing when we were worshiping is we were connecting to the Father through the blood of the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you pray, the Father sits on the throne. Some of you in my old small groups on how to pray know this. The Father sits on the throne. The Son, the Bible says, sits at the right hand of the Father. So when you pray, you're actually, you could pray to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're all three in one. That's true. But what is actually happening is when you pray by the power of the Spirit, the Spirit is listening, is telling the Son, and the Son is whispering your prayer to the Father. That's why the Father hears us through the blood of the Son and through the power and the, and the, and the glory of the Holy Spirit. Through, through actually the technicality of Him being on the earth living inside of us. When you feel God, it's the Holy Spirit. When you sense God, it's the Holy Spirit. When you trust and, and you get this sense where, man, I can trust God, that's the Holy Spirit. When, you, when God begins to move in your life, that's the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is not just something that God uses? No, no. He actually is God Himself. He's not a force. He's not a feeling. He's not something that we can control. He's not something that we can manipulate. He's outside of us, and he's always there. Number two, the Holy Ghost is not a creation. Okay, let me get a little bit theological. This is going to help for some of us. One of the questions I get most, actually, as a pastor, which is kind of interesting, and maybe because I was a youth pastor and Pastor Matt, I think you get these questions, and I know all, Pastor Luis, you've gotten these questions before, and, 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 and so many people have gotten these questions, like, why do we believe certain things that other denominations or religions don't believe? Have you ever, right, like, 
Why is there so many churches? I know like almost everyone's asked that question in their life. Why is there so many churches? Why is there so many different types of churches? And for the most part, I would say a lot of us in some ways believe in the same thing. But there are key things that certain denominations or churches believe that we don't believe and it's a no-go. One of them, which is a major, is about the Holy Spirit. It's one of the main differences, for example, that differentiates us between Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and even other different forms of denominations. Um, those are two of the biggest ones where they believe that the Holy Spirit was created. Okay? So in the beginning, the Bible says, Genesis 1, that God, right? God was in the beginning. And they would believe that the Father created both the Son and the Spirit. But that's, that's not biblical. That's not true. We don't believe that. And in fact, we can't believe that because if you believe that, then that means Jesus wasn't God. Therefore, he couldn't die for your sins. And the Holy Spirit, if he's not God, can empower you to overcome sin so you can have a relationship with Jesus. Furthermore, the only reason, again, deep stuff, the only reason you and I can have relationship with God is because in God himself is relationship. Does that make sense? Father... Son, Holy Ghost, right? Triangle, best way to kind of describe it, think of a three-way fidget spinner, I'm just saying. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They're the same, yet they're different, but they're still one God. It's one of the mysteries of the gospel. Why is that important? Because if you take away the, the godness, if you take away the divinity of who the Holy Spirit is, the next thing you know, there is not relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if God needs relationship with us, he can't be God. He has to be self-sufficient outside of us so that way he can be greater than us. And for us to have the capacity of relationship, there needed to be relationship that existed before humanity. Yeah? No? Maybe? Maybe. Okay. Things can't exist on earth without God allowing it. There's an enemy who taints it and steals things and makes things all messed up. We know that, okay? I'm not getting into that part. The bedrock of, of Christianity in some ways, that the cornerstone is that God wants a relationship with us. Not because he needs us, but because he wants us. He is self-sufficient in relationship. Therefore, when humans were created, were created in his likeness and his image. And we were created in his likeness and his image. We were also then created for relationship. And the only reason why we're created for relationship is because in the beginning, before all of creation, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost were in perfect relationship. Therefore, when anybody teaches you that the Holy Spirit is created, that's unbiblical and it's heresy. We don't believe it. We don't believe it. And it's important to call it out like that because if we don't call it out like that, it's confusion. And we can't be confused about this thing. So we don't believe that the Holy Spirit is created. We don't believe that the Holy Spirit is just a creation that God created to help his people on earth. No, no. We believe that the Holy Spirit is God himself. Does that make sense? Cool. Hopefully someone got that. I'm not going to lie. I, I went off the cuff on that one. That was not in the notes. Number three, the Holy Ghost is not a feeling. Come on. The Holy Ghost is not a feeling. The Holy Ghost is not just this thing you feel on Sundays when you get a little goosebumps. The Holy Ghost is not just this thing you feel when you're down. Or, or, and, and the reason why that's important is because for some of us, we only believe in the Holy Spirit when we feel him. 
And what we have done is we have put the Holy Spirit in a box based on our feelings rather than who he is. And when you base your entire relationship with the Holy Ghost on feeling, you are missing out of the depths of who the Holy Ghost is in your life. The Holy Ghost is not just a feeling. He's not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a person. We believe that all three parts of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are persons. That they actually have a personhood and attributes. There's things that God does all together. And there's things that within the Trinity God does separately. For example, uh, we're going to talk about this next week at Easter. It was the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. That's what Romans says. It wasn't the Father. So there's certain things the Father does. There's certain things the Son does, right? Jesus died for our sins. The Holy Spirit did not. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gave Jesus power to stay on the cross so that way he can die for our sins. And when you begin to understand the personhood of the Holy Spirit and you begin to understand that he is real and he is alive and he, he is active and, and he's actually an individual within the Trinity and that individual wants to have a relationship with you in your life today. It's how God begins to express himself in this context. Like, man, I want to love my people so I'm gonna love them as the Holy Spirit because I am God, the Holy Spirit is God and he wants a real relationship with us. It goes beyond feeling. And I think for me, this really, really matters for me in a sense, because for a long time, I just only thought that Holy Spirit was the person that I felt on Sundays when it was really good. Like, you know what I'm talking about with church? When the worship team's hidden and the preacher's shouting down, and he takes like seven offerings. For some of you that grew up in church, church, you know what I'm saying? And, and what began to happen is I was close to the Holy Spirit when I felt him, but I was far from God when I didn't. And my, my depth with God was connected to feeling rather, rather than truth and biblical reality. I think this is a lot of reasons why churches today believe that the Holy Spirit's not real is because if they don't sense him, he can't, he's not functioning that way, but he's bigger than that. He's a person, not a feeling. Yeah? Cool. Number one, the Holy Ghost is not a force. Number two, the Holy Ghost is not a creation. That's a real big one. Number three, the Holy Ghost is not a feeling. Number four, the Holy Ghost is not weird. Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. Listen, I'm, I'm, I grew up Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, charismatic. I, lo I like it. I like, I like the tongues. I like the rolling on the floor. I like it. I like when God wrecks a kid for three hours and he can't get up. I like it. I like signs and wonders. I like miracles. I like the prophetic. I like the supernatural. I like when people are healed and delivered. I like it. I like it all. Here's my issue, though, is that sometimes we make things the Holy Spirit when it's not. God is looking for a powerful church, not a weird one. And you can be both powerful and non-weird. Jesus was the most normal dude, and he was empowered by the Holy Spirit in Matthew 3. Now, Jesus did weird things, but there's a difference between doing a weird thing versus being weird people. 
And you know what I'm talking about. We've all met the person where they're just super duper spiritual to the point where nothing else matters except for this weird level of spirituality. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I believe in this, where radical Christianity is going to separate and, and is going to begin to be change things where you're doing things that you wouldn't do. And, and people would look at it awkward, and, and I'm all for that. But you get to the point where what, what we need to be careful of is something we would call supernatural or prophetic that makes it exclusive for anyone else to experience because we are in the in. And this is something that I've learned for years is that, and I even fell into this trap where if I was part of the new, cool, supernatural, prophetic thing, then I was more spiritual than everyone else. And really, instead of that being a powerful thing that God was doing in my life, it was a wound in my heart that the enemy used because I was insecure of my, my, who I was. Therefore, I used spirituality and I manipulated the Holy Spirit to feel the insecurity of my heart rather than letting him heal me from the inside out. My weirdness defined me rather than who he defined me as. If I could be the weirdest kid, I was the most powerful, and it wasn't true. Let me be completely honest. 15, 16, 17-year-old kid, I could pray for the sick, but yet I'm in my bedroom still struggling with pornography in the middle of the night. And a life that is weird, that lacks power in the invisible parts of your life, begins to show the world that the Holy Spirit's weird instead of actually who he really is. And thank God that I have learned. And don't be wrong, it's a process, right? Sin and healing, it's a process for sure. Sometimes God does it in an instant. Sometimes God does it in a couple years. For sure, I believe that wholeheartedly. But we gotta make sure that we are not presenting a gospel that people don't want to be a part of because of our own weirdness. If we pray for the sick and God heals them, that's God's weirdness. I'm all for God's weirdness. If I pray for someone and I start doing some weird stuff that makes no sense, no wonder they don't want to come back. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. If it's too much, it's too much. And we don't have to present the Holy Spirit in a weird way. Okay. Those for all my people who are like super duper charismatics. I want to make sure we know that. I'm in that boat too. I'm in that boat too, man. I, I, and, and again, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird thing. I think that's why Paul talks about you have to have discernment. Because how do you know what's really God and what really isn't? Yeah. Because there's some things. I, I've, seen some, I've seen some stuff. You know, sometimes God hits the room. People start throwing up. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Sometimes God shows up and, you know, you could be sitting in the back and just a tear sheds. Okay, cool. Sometimes God could show up and someone's wailing on the floor. Okay, cool. But how much is it weirdness and, and human emotionalism versus actually the spirit of God? We got to make sure we know what we're talking about. I'm just saying. And I think that's really important because I, I, I think um, it, it can't feel like new age spirituality of the world. Because that's really weird. Right? It, 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 there, should, there should be a difference. That's all I'm saying. When the, the life you live, is there, a diff, is there real power? Is there real authority? Is there real grace? Is there real love? 
All of it has to be married together, right? It, it all has to succumb into this thing of it really is who Holy Spirit is versus this image or persona or feeling of what we want to make Holy Spirit. I want to make sure that this kind of gets hit a little bit on the head because I believe that in this next season, when we talk about the Holy Ghost, God, when you talk about him, he just shows up. And he does things. And he will do things that blow your mind. But I just want to make sure we're not getting in the way. That's all. Number five, last one. Because, number five, the Holy Ghost is not inactive. Okay? Holy Ghost is not inactive. So number four, Holy Spirit's weird. It's not weird. Meaning that we will not make it something that it's not. Right? But then at the same time, we will allow the Holy Ghost to move in number five because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to move on the earth. He wants to speak. He wants to release his presence. He wants to show people the reality of God. He wants to move in power. He wants to show people who he really is. He wants to draw near. He wants to set captives free. He wants to open prison doors and chains of the heart and the mind. He wants to heal bodies. He wants to cleanse diseases. He wants to cast out demons. He wants to show the world that God is actually real. He wants to empower the believer. He wants to be the one who is actually the life of the church. He, the Holy Spirit, is wanting to move today. And there's this movement in churches where I just don't agree with. That doesn't mean they're going to go to hell. I just don't agree with it. Where they believe that the Holy Spirit is inactive. And it's this idea of sensationism where they believe that the Spirit of God is not real. And the presence of God doesn't come like how we think it comes. And the book of Acts was just for the book of Acts. And it's not going to happen today. And can I tell you, one, I don't believe that's true. Two, that's just a super boring version of Christianity. And I've seen too much to believe that that side is true. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen marriages transformed. I've seen prodigals come home. I've seen drug addicts leave their drugs at the altar. I've seen alcoholics go home, pour the bottles in the toilet, and never do anything again. I've seen young people discover who they are in Jesus. I've seen daughters who were hurt and maybe done something wrong to them by someone who abused them begin to experience the purity of God like never before again. I've seen lives transformed. I've seen little kids pray for people when God begins to move. I've seen the church come together in crisis and it's the greatest feeling when the family of God comes together, when the world would leave someone, God would bring people together that don't even like each other, that don't even look like each other, that don't even sound like each other. And all of that is because the spirit of God is moving. He is not passive family. The Holy Ghost is not on, is not in heaven, just kind of kicking it eating hot Cheetos and watching his favorite television show. No, the Holy Spirit is real and alive right now. And he is wanting to be more involved in your life than anyone else. Have you ever thought of someone in a relationship that's super clingy? You ever dated a girl that was super clingy? I did not. And that's why I married her. You ever had a cousin who's super clingy? I cannot tell you that although that could sound kind of funny and it's like, ah, I don't want someone to be super clingy. The Holy Spirit, he will cling on to you. He wants to be in your life way more than you want to be in his. Because he's active. He is 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 not passive. And look, there's some churches who don't believe this. That's cool. Let them do them. This is what we're going to do. Cool? Some of you grew up maybe not knowing that the Holy Spirit can do this. That's fine. Give it a shot. Don't just call me like a heretic and make a blog about me. Don't start making TikTok videos. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. 
We are more concerned about proving people wrong than letting God do something right in our lives. If that's what they want to believe, I'm not going to go up to them and be like, you guys are false teachers. Bro, do you. Hopefully you make it to heaven. I'll see you there. That's the goal. But what I know in my heart from what I've experienced and what the word believes and what our church believes and our denomination believes and our network believes and my friends believe and our pastors and our leaders believe is we still believe today that the Holy Spirit moves today, that he is not done moving. He is not gonna stop moving. He is not gonna be done with people. He is always gonna be active. He is always gonna be in people's lives. He is always gonna be healing. He is always gonna bring prodigals home. He is always gonna be discipling. He is always gonna be be setting people free. He is always going to be transforming lives. He's going to be resurrecting people from the dead. He's going to win people in nations. He's going to win our city for Jesus. He's going to build the church together. Why? Because we believe that is what the Holy Spirit does. And I want to tell you this with passion and excitement because I believe we're going to enter into a season where we see the Holy Spirit, we see the Holy Ghost move in our church, move in your life, move in your family more than we've ever seen it before. The things you've been praying for, I believe God God's gonna do, the healing you've been believing for, God's gonna release, the things that you have been asking God for, God's gonna begin to sweep in your life. Why? Because I believe God wants it more than you do. Whew. Or we can have cute Bible studies, have some donuts. Do two songs, give everyone a high five and walk out. And what's the difference between us and the country club down the street? God didn't call me to start a boys and girls club. He called me to start a church, to lead a church. God did not call you. Family, this, this is for the Christians in the room. If you're not a Christian, you're off the hook on this one. This is for the Christians in the room. God did not call you. God did not call you to be powerless you have the living God inside you the spirit of God that hovered the earth in Genesis 1 the spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead the spirit of God who fell in the book of Acts the spirit of God is in you to do what he's called us to do he's active family He's active. And I'm just believing in this season. If we can get to know him. And we can begin to invite him. And we can begin to welcome him. Come on. What can happen? I'm going I'm to be honest. Um, I'm so excited for the building next week. It's been a tough season for me. Um, don't, don't want you to feel bad or anything. Like, team's great. I'm so grateful for it. It's just, just me. It's just, it's been tough. That's all. And um, I, I've, I've asked the Lord, God, none of this matters if you don't show up. Like, what's all this work about making a cool building if you're not there? That's my prayer. I want to I, I introduce people to Jesus. And I know that how Jesus introduces people to him is through the Holy Ghost. If 
family, I want to see your friends in that building encounter Jesus. I want to see your family in that building experience Jesus. In your small group, experience Jesus. In your home, experience Jesus. Not because a pastor's anointed, but because a people fall in love with the Holy Ghost. Family, we need to fall in love with the Holy Ghost again. We need to know him. God, we need to know him. I don't want him to feel forgotten. I don't want him to feel neglected by my life. I want him to know um, he's, he's real in my life. And, and I worship him and I talk to him and I communicate with him. And some of that is we got to talk about him. We got to learn and we're going to do that in this season. But I ask you the question that I believe Jesus was asking the disciples that day. Would you receive him? It's up to you. Would you receive the Holy Ghost in this season? Or would you be passive and just kind of push it to the side? And, and, and I hope you don't do that because if you would receive him, man, I believe God can do some incredible things in your life. Because when you get God on the scene, everything changes. Do me a favor, stand your feet. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.